Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Congrats, you're pregnant! Now, what do you do during the next nine months? You need Preggy Pals, an audio podcast that educates and entertains expectant mothers and those hoping to become pregnant. Each episode features pregnant moms-to-be as well as experts. Together, we explore topics aimed to embrace pregnancy and encourage women to pursue their choices when giving birth to their babies. Preggy Pals is part of the Parents on Demand Network. Look for our free network app in Apple and Android to discover more great parenting shows and listen to your favorite episodes on the go. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Doing It at Home podcast and welcome back to another magical birth story or stories, I guess I should say, for this conversation. Um, But before we get into that, just want to thank you so much for being a part of the Doing It at Home community, listening to the show, whatever it is you do, however you contribute or support us, whether that is through listening, subscribes, reviews, which you can totally do if you feel inspired. We really appreciate that because it helps get the word out. Out there sharing episodes with people close to you, with other mamas, birth junkies, families, birth workers that you feel will appreciate it or be inspired, um, whether that's through social media or tagging us, whatever it is, sharing your birth images and stories with us on social media. You can do that on our Instagram, D-I-A-H podcast, or you can check out our Facebook page. And we have a private Facebook group for the Doing It at Home community, all of which are linked in this episode's show notes along with our shop, our store, where you can buy doing it at home gear, sweatshirts, t-shirts, tanks. Uh, What am I forgetting? Hoodies, sweatshirts. I think I said all of it, but all the things, different sizes, different styles, like our have babies where you make them shirt or let's talk home birth. So you can check all of that out there and either hashtag treat yourself or gift your birth team, a fellow mama birth junkie all there for you. So go check that out. And of course, listen to us on the Parents on Demand app. Parents on Demand is the podcast network that we are a part of, and you can download an app free on iOS or Android, listen to doing it at home there, listen to all the other shows that are a part of the network, or you can go to parentsondemand.com to learn more about that. Okay, so I mentioned stories, uh, so more than one, and also some other conversation as well related to birth work because we are chatting with Sarah DeMarco, a birth and bereavement doula, as well as a mama. And she has a 
a very rich experience that she brings to the table in that she is the mama of a family of a blended family of seven. So seven total in the family, including herself. And she has a hospital birth experience, two home birth experiences, as well as two miscarriages, all of which she brings into her work as a doula and into the conversation that we have today, which is a really beautiful one. And we're so grateful to her. And also we only refer to Sarah as the only Sarah in this conversation. So we didn't want to confuse anyone. So if you ever hear Matthew say Sarah, or if I'm talking about Sarah, I'm not talking about myself um, in the first third person. It's uh, we just to eliminate any confusion there. Um, so when you hear Matthew say Sarah, he is speaking to Sarah, our guest, not me. I think he just refers to me as babe or hey you or whatever um, throughout the episode. So there you have it. Uh, amazing conversation. I know you're going to love it. Like all of them. Here it is. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I am good. How are you doing, Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking some time to come hang out with us. We're really excited to hear about your home birth stories and about the work you do and all the awesomeness that's going on in your life. So thanks again for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. So, Sarah, why don't you kick us off with um, sharing a little bit about you and your family? Because there's quite a few of you. Yes, there are. (laughs) We are a blended family. Um, My husband's name is Craig. And then our kids, we have his, mine, and ours. So his are uh, Tatum and Haley, and they're 20 and 12. And then my daughter is Anya, and she's nine, and he actually adopted her. And then together we have two boys, Nico, who's three, and Gianni, who's 11 months. Mm, full house. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Yes. Love it. And keeping you busy because, you know, you wear a couple of hats, as I understand. Yes, I do. Um, so I've been a doula for um, almost five years. Oh, and wow. I've been a student midwife now for about a year and a half. Mm, that's beautiful. And so is your intention to go into midwifery either with a group or yourself, or are you still figuring that out? Probably with myself. Um, cool. So I'm uh, apprenticing at a birth center right now, and hopefully I'll be able to have like privileges there for mm-hmm. clients who want birth center birth. Um, but I, I've practiced independently as a doula, so I think I'll with that as a midwife. Mm, nice. I love that. And I know we'll get into it more uh, and such, but I imagine it is influenced by and also intertwines with your own birth journeys. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. It was, mm-hmm. 
my pregnancy journeys that actually brought me to doula work and then my home birth that brought me to becoming a midwife myself. Mm. And in your your birth work, you know, you've mentioned uh, as a birth doula, but then also bereavement. Could you explain that a little Mm bit? Yeah. So um, about a year after my husband and I got married, we started trying to have a baby ourselves um, and we got pregnant right away. Um, but we ended up miscarrying about two weeks later. Mm. Um, and my doula, who we knew from she really supported me through that. Um, and then started encouraging me to look into becoming a doula myself. Mm. Um, six months later. Um, and right at the end of my doula training, had a second miscarriage and then decided to go into bereavement work from there. So I trained uh, with an organization called Still Birthday, um, and I provide volunteer bereavement support for um, families who have miscarried or who have received a fatal diagnosis for their baby um, and then have to go and induce um, and have a stillbirth. Wow. That is... I... I don't really have a lot of words for that. I mean, just the the power of uh, care like that and support is has just got to be incredible. Um, I mean, you having experienced it yourself to have it, but then now to be able to provide that in a time where I'm sure people are just at a loss for words themselves, at a loss for answers, and then where to go. Really, I mean, you don't. I don't see available access to resources for those types of life experiences around. I just, I feel like I don't see that. Right. Yeah. It's not made very public. And so that's something that, um, that we try to do through still birthday is Mm. provide local and, um, and national resources for our families. And then the, just the experience that you bring to the table, given your own, your own healing and your own processes, um, I feel like mm-hmm. has to have impact as well. Yeah, definitely. And it's, um, we, we dealt with a lot of, um, kind of rude medical staff mm-hmm. and, and, um, just insensitivities when we were going through, especially our first miscarriage. Um, and that's really one of the big reasons why I do this work because it can be really hard to navigate, um, all of that and, medical staff, they might have the best intentions at heart, but they just don't know the right words to use and things like that. So I kind of bridged the gap there a lot of times. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so coming out of your two miscarriages, you say that had a a big part in you um, deciding on home birth. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, So we kind of, you know, went through all of the options with our pregnancies. Um, our first pregnancy together, we were going to go to midwives in a hospital. Um, that was actually right before like the Affordable Care Act. So at the time, our insurance would have paid 100% for a hospital birth. So we were like, oh, you know, that's, that's totally, you know, what we're going to go with and how we're going to make our decision. Um, and then after that, we were going to go with the second pregnancy. We were going to go to uh, midwives at a birthing center just because my husband was more comfortable with that. Um and then before we conceived our rainbow baby, which is Nico, uh, I met with my midwife for professional reasons and just fell in love with her and knew that I wanted her to be my midwife no matter where that birth was going to be, whether it was a birth center or a home. 
Um, and it just ended up being that she wasn't currently practicing adverse when our yeah. baby was due. So we had a first with him with our baby's journey too with the same advice. And so just for um, clarification, your first daughter, Anya, was born in hospital. And then were Craig's two children also born in hospital? And all three of those were just standard, highly medicalized, induced, all of that. Um, With my daughter, it was a really different time. I was really young. And I just didn't know that there even were any other options. Mm. So I was just induced because my doctor said, hey, we're going to induce you on this day. And I was like, hey, oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, And so with her, I, you know, they wouldn't let me out of the bed as soon as um, I was on Pitocin and which was really weird. And so I ended up with an epidural and all that. But it was still a pretty quick birth, thankfully. Mm. Um, But then when we started discussing you know, expanding our family, I knew that I wanted something different. And so what were those home birth conversations like with Craig? Um, so because I had been a doula already by the time that we were planning that, he was pretty trusting in my decisions. Um, his only apprehension was just that, like, he didn't want to be that weird hippie family. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is just totally his personality. Um, so... At first, he was a little apprehensive about it, but he was—he wasn't fearful or anything. He just um, was like, "Hey, we're we're that weird family." <laughs> um, That's funny. So, yeah, yeah. But he was—he was pretty on board. And then after the first home birth, uh, he was like, "Oh my gosh, why would we ever do this any other way? That was yeah. so easy." That, that were his words. That was so easy. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, now you're the weird hippie family two times over. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so can you share a little bit then of, you know, both of your home births in terms of what you experienced, either, you know, different or sort of similar or things that maybe were healed for you or breakthroughs, just, you know, what you got out of those two experiences that you feel like, you know, were very um, just big? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Absolutely. So my first home birth with Nico um, was an extremely healing experience just mm-hmm. um, in terms of my losses. Um, and so we are Christian and I felt even before we conceived him, um, I really had a strong um, feeling that, that God had promised me this baby. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have any of the typical fears during that pregnancy that you do um, after experiencing loss. And it was just really peaceful and beautiful. Um, and that definitely spilled over into his birth. So his labor started, um, about 1130 at night, everybody else was asleep and me and my doula brain, I, you know, didn't wake anybody up and my contractions started about two and a half minutes apart. So I was thinking like, oh, this baby's malpositioned. And so this is going to be a super long labor. I waited. I labored alone for about two and a half hours. Um, and my husband finally woke up because the bathroom light was on. Of course, I was getting up to pee every five minutes. Um, and I was on the bed on my hands and knees, and he looks over at me and he goes, Are you in labor? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so that. Sorry, hold on. <laughs> 
So that's when uh, we finally called the midwife and the doula and my mom over. Uh, my mom was coming over just to be a support person for my daughter, um, who was six at the time. So um, Anya and Tatum were present for both of my home births. That's um, cool. So by the time that my midwife showed up, I was in transition. I was frantically trying to fill the pool. Um, and then my doula showed up about 15 minutes before he was born because she was coming from a little bit further away. Um, and my labor was actually painless with him. Um, it was just so peaceful and, and sweet and wonderful. So I got in the tub um, and 15 minutes later he was born. And my favorite part of the whole birth story is that uh, nobody even realized that he was coming out. I really experienced the fetal ejection mm. reflex, so my body was pushing without me having to. Um, and it's really fun in the photos from his birth. My doula was also my photographer. And in the photos from his birth, you can see in one picture, my midwife and my husband are looking away. And in the very next picture, I've brought him up out of the water. <laughs> wow. So I caught him in the water myself. Um, and everybody was just like, oh, there's a baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hi. Yeah, That's what we're here yeah. for. <laughs> yeah, right? So that was great. Um, and then my placenta stayed attached for about an hour and 45 minutes. Oh, wow. Um, so we just stayed in the tub that whole time. We just like floated in the tub and mm. hung out before, you know, it was time to get out, try to get that placenta to come. Um Okay. Here. Um, so, yeah, and my daughters were involved in that labor, um, but out of the room for his birth. So, um, do you have any questions about that birth before I go into Gianni? Oh, go for it. You're flowing. You're awesome. Yeah, okay. tell us about Gianni. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, because both of my daughters were out of the room for his birth, we wanted to make sure that they were in the room for Gianni's. Um, mm. It was really important, especially to my daughter, Anya. Um, and she, you know, was two years older for Gianni's pregnancy, and she'd been really involved in his pregnancy. Um, you know, she'd listen to his heartbeat at appointments and, and, and things like that. So I bought her a little pair of hot pink scrubs. And <laughs> my little junior midwife. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. It was so cute. She had pictures of her doing the labor, um, taking her tones and doing things like that. She thought that she wanted to help catch, but she got a little overwhelmed in the moment. But she was, you know, all all up in there at the business end, which was pretty cool. Wow. Um, so for during his pregnancy, I decided not to have a water birth with him like I did with Nico. Um, and later on would figure out that that was really my intuition telling me that he didn't need to be born in the water. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit too. But so because my labor had gone so quickly and I've been in denial with Nico, uh, we decided that I would call everybody over immediately with Gianni. Um, so I did, and it was pretty funny because that it was a little bit longer, and everybody ended up being here for about seven hours. I think at one point, mm. everybody in the house was asleep. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so his labor was maybe a little bit more intense, but, um, you know, not much more than Nico's. I, I still wouldn't have described his labor as painful. Mm -hmm. um, so I just 
I labored in my bed with um, my husband next to me and my doula in the room and my midwives would come in, you know, periodically to take heart tones and all those things. But, but I was pretty quiet and peaceful and alone. Um, my daughter would be in supporting me some too here and there. And then um, my labors kind of, kind of like with Nico, they kind of turn really fast. Like all of a sudden I'm in transition and then 15 minutes later I have a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how it was. You know, everybody came in um, and I climbed up on the bed and I just pushed out a baby. And like I said, my daughter had thought that she wanted to catch. So she had gloves on and she was back there, but she ended up getting overwhelmed. My husband got to catch Gianni, which mm-hmm. was really special for him. Um and then right after he was born, he latched on immediately. Um, <laughs> he just didn't even um, get off for that whole time. And then um, after that, they did they did the newborn exam, um, and he got upset during the newborn exam, um, which you know a lot of babies do, and. Once he got upset, he couldn't calm his breathing back down. So he um, ended up going into respiratory distress, and we made the decision to transport. Um, but even making that decision was really um, empowering. One of the midwives, the assistant midwife, who um, I had attended births with as a student a lot, she looked at me and she said, um, is, is that what your instinct is telling you to? And that question was just a turning point for me as a mom. And it empowered me to advocate for him when he was in the hospital. Um, it was really just really important to me. And it's, um, something that I think I'll always remember. And I thanked her over and over again for that since then. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Um, but so we, we transported him and we are fortunate enough to have one of the, um, top rated children's hospitals in the country, uh, here in Fort Worth, um, which is great. So we took him there and, uh, he stayed for about five days. He was diagnosed with having, um, just, it's, it's called transient tachypnea of the newborn, um, which just basically means fast breathing from birth. Um, and what had happened was he just wasn't able to expel all of the fluid from his lungs. And he needed to be on um, oxygen support for about 36 hours. Um, and I wasn't able to hold him for about 24 hours after, after we got to the hospital, um, which was really, really difficult, of course. And I think um, a transport, a postpartum transport like that can be 
even more difficult for um, a home birth family who, you know, obviously we're trying to avoid being in the hospital and, and we want to be holding our babies and um, nursing our babies, you know, immediately from the moment that they're born. Um, so that was really difficult. But he recovered quickly, um, and he has you know, no lasting health effects from that, thank goodness. Um, but that experience definitely really influenced, um, you know, what I do now and how I support families um, and how in the future I can support families who experience, you know, something similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I have a question about you know, when you transfer like that for baby um, and not necessarily for mom, then are you able to stay with him? I know you said you couldn't hold him, but then what are you, because you're not necessarily the admitted patient. So then what is that setup right. like for a mom or for parents who, you know, do transport with newborn um, and they don't necessarily need medical care, it's newborn, but you also just had a baby. And so you're healing, right. you know, just what is that like? Or what's yeah. that general? I'm sure it varies, but you know, what's something that you yeah. can kind of generalize from that? Um, so as long as mom isn't, you know, as long as mom's stable, then she isn't going to be admitted as a patient. Right. Um, one thing that we did do was I did not go in the ambulance with him. My husband did. Mm-hmm. Um, so that the paramedics wouldn't feel the need to focus, you know, on me. Yeah. Um, wouldn't feel like I was a patient too. But that was one of the um, fortunate things about that I think is an advantage actually, if your baby needs medical care and you've delivered outside of the hospital, um, that I was able to stay with him Mm. and we were able to room in, um, at our hospital. Like I said, it's, it's an amazing hospital and other hospitals may not have, um, private rooms like our NICU did. Um, but yeah, I was able to stay with him the whole time. It did really affect my healing. You know, normally I would have been in bed for a week. Yeah. Um, and you know, with this, I mean, even the bathroom was much further than I would have been walking. Right. Um, so that did make it really difficult, but we were really thankful. Um, the hospital staff was as supportive as they could have been, um, of, of my healing, um, and all of that. And they tried to be really accommodating Mm. our hospital also for breastfeeding moms, they provide food. Um, so I was fed, which was such a blessing. We didn't have to worry about any of that. Yeah. It is great. Yeah. So it was was great. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks for addressing that. Cause I'm sure, you know, people might be wondering about that. I definitely was. And then I guess if I asked about that, I should go back a step to uh, Nico's birth. And if you don't mind sharing for a moment on your placenta hanging out there for a minute, I haven't really heard about that or talked to anyone who's had that experience that I can remember. Um, so it was that just a sort of thing where you just keep an eye out and, you know, you trust your um, team to just be aware of anything because is that a little bit longer than usual or is that common? I'm not really sure yeah. about, you know, how that goes. <laughs> no, it it's definitely longer than usual. Um, I actually have a friend who that's kind of her norm with um, both of her births, her placenta hung out that long, but for most people, it's, you know, going to come within about 30 minutes. Right. Um, so yeah, they did. They monitored my, my bleeding, which I had 
zero. Okay. Um, and my vitals and things. So because there were no warning signs, um, there was no need to to expedite the delivery. Gotcha. Um, but for some people, that would be too long, and there would probably be some warning signs or some bleeding um, and things like that. Okay. So my I kind of just figured that, you know, my birth happened so quickly, and, and especially because I was in denial for half of it, that my body just needed to slow down mm-hmm. um, and give me a chance to catch up mentally with what, you know, I had just gone through. Um, and because like with Gianni, my placenta only took about 25 minutes. Um, I think that's probably exactly what it was. It's not my norm for, you know, it to take that long, but, but it was what my body needed for his birth. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for addressing both of those. Yeah. And I was, I was curious, you answered the question, but I was curious, you know, what happens when you're in the water for an hour and a half and, and, you know, potential bleeding or tearing or anything like that, but but you were saying that you didn't really have any any bleeding, so they could just keep an eye on it yeah. from outside of the water? Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you have another really cool aspect to just your birthing and mothering journey um, with tandem nursing with your boys. Can you mm-hmm. share a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so when I got pregnant, Nico was about 15 months old, um, and he he's still nursing. So obviously at 15 months, he was nowhere near ready to wean. (laughs) Um, So I just decided to continue nursing him through my pregnancy. Um, And at about 22-ish weeks, I think, my milk did dry up. Um, But he didn't care. (laughs) He just kept nursing anyway. When my milk dried up, it did become a little uncomfortable. Um, I did experience some erosion to nursing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we worked through that. I did have to limit him, um, at that point to only nursing at nap time and bedtime. Um, but then, you know, once Gianni was born and my milk came in, all that went away and he was so happy that there was milk again. Um, and so I, for several months, let him nurse just as much as the baby did. Um, and so the time they would be nursing at the same time um and it just kind of worked out perfectly because he helped bring my milk in too um I you know produced more than enough for the both of them which was great um and now that he's three we're you know slowly gently trying to encourage weaning he's now telling me nursing at bedtime right now um but yeah they it's just been a great experience, and I've loved it. Um, and we're about to do a, a photo shoot to get to capture both of them nursing together mm. um, before he does wean, and so that's going to be really special to document that. That's really cool. I bet yeah. you there's some some very special bonding going on between the two of them, having mm-hmm. that that shared experience. That's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're the best of friends. <laughs> they take care of a lot while they nurse, and I just love it. <laughs> Oh man, that's so great. So now what's next for you? I know you're in your studies and you're getting all your stuff together, but you know, where are you at right now in just terms of your birth work? And, um, I I don't want to put any pressure, but do you plan on having more children? Do you, or do you think about that? Am I I allowed to ask? (laughs) We've decided that Gianni is 
you know, the perfect caboose for our family. Oh, I love the caboose. <laughs> yeah, so my husband actually got a vasectomy um, last summer. Okay. Um, and we're really, really happy with that. And it's um, it feels like a perfect time for me to be done as I move forward with my my midwifery studies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do have about four years left. Um, the program that I'm going through is quite a bit longer than um, a lot of other programs. Okay. So I'll graduate with a bachelor's. Um, and... So it'll be about three years before I'm graduated and licensed. Okay. But um, yeah, I'm really excited for that. Oh, that's amazing. So I want to make sure yeah. that anyone in and around your area can connect with you as well, just if not for doula work, just fellow birth junkie, whatever. So I'll make sure to include links um, to any way okay. to get in contact with you in the show notes so anyone in the in your surrounding area can connect. Yeah, absolutely. I would love that. Um I do also provide placenta encapsulation and belly binding in the area too. Beautiful. Yes, that's awesome. Very cool. And would you mind sharing the best way people can learn about what you do? Yeah. Um, so my Facebook page is just Sarah DeMarco. DeMarco is D-I-M-A-R-C-O and student midwife. And then my Instagram is at birthing your way. At birthing your way. I love that. Love, love, love that. Um, is there anything that you would just want to leave mamas with um, as far as, you know, just something really big that stuck with you, um, whether it was an affirmation or a resource or whatever, but just that you would want to, um, you know, put forward out there? You know, I'm just really um, big on emphasizing a mother's intuition. It was such a big part um, of my experience, especially with Yanni. Mm. Um, and so I just want moms to know to trust their instincts and trust their guts and you know we're equipped with all that we need to mother our children and I think that um, in our society we're not told that um, as much as we should be and I just always want to remind other moms of that yes absolutely yeah that's beautiful Sarah you're awesome. And we made it through this whole episode without any Sarah confusion. I'm so yes. proud of us. <laughs> we did. I didn't mess anything up. Great job, Vivens. Yeah, it would have been on you. It would have been your fault. It wouldn't have been us. Yeah, great job, Sarah. Nope. Oh, wait. Which? Thanks. Oh, crap. Which I screwed one? it up. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Uh, Sarah, you're so wonderful. Thank you. Uh, thank you to your family, all your kiddos, Craig. Uh, we appreciate you so much yes, we um, do. for being a part of this community, being on the show with us. So keep doing what you're doing because yeah. it's really amazing work. And gosh, it's so, so needed and so magical. So we just really appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. And thank you for all that you do, too. I love your podcast, but I'm always recommending it to clients. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, 
family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.